the future. A relentless, desperate wasteland ravaged by nuclear war. With the destruction of the internet and search engines such as Google, accurate information about the past is traded like currency. Two brave travelers are commissioned with the dangerous task of going back through time to gather as much information as they can to find out about the late 20th and early 21st centuries in hopes that a future society may rebuild what was lost and avoid the horror of a smoldering radioactive planet. But there is a catch. The travelers journey back across eons of time is a one-way trip, leaving them stranded in the past. Wait, what? There's no way to communicate their findings to the future other than burying reinforced time capsules in the ground. In the hopes that one day recordings such as these will be unearthed to provide a glimpse of the world that once was. This is the mission of the crispy coated robots. And it must succeed. Hey, it's Jim. Hi, it's Joseph. Hey, everybody. It's George. Welcome to Crispy Coated Robots number 198. And uh, this is a episode. This is one of our special episodes. 2023 Movies in Review. It's odd that the home office from the future has asked us to do this this early in the year. This, we're recording uh, the week of November the 5th, uh, 2023. So the reason that we want to put that disclaimer out there is there are still some 2023 movies that have not come out yet that, well, maybe would have made our list had they not pushed it to, you know, Christmas day or something like that. So, and another caveat, and this is even stranger still in the past, we've done five movies. Uh, we are talking about five movies this year, but one of the movies is a disappointing movie, a movie that we thought, oh man, this is going to be great. And we went to the theater or Joseph has his home little pod theater thing in his house and, uh, and saw it and, uh, thought, yeah, this is not everything I thought it would be. So that's on the agenda today. No second topic, interestingly enough, from the home office like they've done in the past. Just focusing on movies of 2023. All Anything right, to Joseph. add, boys? Yeah, no, let's get into it. Joseph, what's one of your top four movies of 2023? I just recently saw that came out in April. I'm going to put on my list, Polite Society. Uh, this is a movie by director writer uh nita manzor and uh have either of you seen this no i i have not okay so so yeah be polite it's (laughs) about uh uh a pakistan teenage girl that wants to be she strives to be a stunt woman that's that's the goal and she has a sister older sister that uh, is engaged to be married, sort of an arranged marriage, you know, a uh, cultural thing there that she has in her mind created this whole espionage spy kind of scenario on there. Uh, it is played out really well. Uh, it's the best way to describe it is that it, this is Scott Pilgrim versus the world, except you have a oh, nice. Pakistani 
uh, girl that that sort of does the whole martial arts stuff to sort of reference the the fights and the angers are done really well. It's a comedy. It works out really well. I enjoyed it. I thought this was just a fun movie. It's one of those things that you go and you watch it and you're not questioning it. You realize that it's sort of this farce kind of thing there, uh, very much like Scott Pilgrim, uh, you know, with it where you have these outlandish characters and all that. So I'm putting that on my list, Polite Society. All right, George, well, your number. My number, I, I don't even know how to do it. My first, yeah, it's only four. So my we don't, my so first entry, yeah, my go. number four, I guess. Uh, I actually, uh, Jim, when we played out uh, in the Woodlands, uh, I left, remember I, I was going to meet my family to go see a movie. And so after playing for four hours, I went and watched a, a, this movie and it was so much fun and it's just a stupid movie, but it doesn't try to be anything more than it is. Um, I'm talking about dungeons and dragons honor among thieves. I only went to this because my, my son-in-law is a big dungeons and dragons fan. He plays a couple of times a week in different, uh, you know, groups and everything. And I just thought, okay, you know, we'll, we'll go and have fun and everything. But, and basically the, this movie is just this, it's, uh, the classic fantasy role-playing game that Gary Gygax made in, in the seventies turned into a movie, uh, Chris Pine. He's, he's the head of the cast and they manage, and, th and this is very tricky. We've talked about this before on the show where, you've got to satisfy the base. Okay. Which they do in this movie, but you don't have to be a dungeons and dragons aficionado to enjoy this movie. You can just watch it as a movie. Um, but if you've ever played D and D the story follows how these campaigns usually play out. You have to do this thing over here to get this thing in order to be able to do this thing over here to do this. And, uh, but anyway, it is a, this big budget, fantasy adventure kind of thing uh that hollywood hasn't made in a while and just a good balance of it, it never takes itself too seriously um it's this fantasy world and all these humorous moments and but it really is like what a D, D campaign is when you're playing with your friends all the nonsense and all the magical elements and everything so it, it just really works as this standalone fantasy adventure um I, I enjoyed it, uh, maybe more than I should have, uh, with no expectation of, of anything going in. Uh, but that is my number four, if you will. Have you, have nice. you guys seen this? I, I saw it. I liked it. I think, I think really the success of that movie, because I, I like you enjoyed the light, the lightness of it, you know, it was just very light. It was popcorn fun, but to me, the strength of the movie is Chris uh, Pine's charm. Oh yeah. I don't I think I, it's one of those roles that I'm like put it in the hands of another actor. I'm not sure if it would come off as well as it did. What yeah. do you got for us, Jim? Well, I think a lot of the the thing has to do with a lot of our selections being the writer's strike and the actor strike and moving moving movies to uh next year and and trying to, you know, stretch that whole thing out. That's why my first selection is a documentary from um morgan Oscar. neville he's done a lot, like oh, a lot yeah. of oscar-winning documentaries he did the 20 feet from stardom the won't oh. you be my num neighbor one with uh mr rogers a documentary yeah. the one that i i picked was because there's so many great sports documentaries this year they had the barry sanders one they had the oh, yeah. reggie jackson one the nolan ryan facing nolan ryan the one i picked is is a story of uh 
uh, Bill Veck's son, Mike Veck, called The Saint of Second Chances, and it uh, premiered, won some uh, film festivals. And basically, uh, Mike Veck, uh, Bill Veck is, let me give you a little background. He owned the White Sox, and he started doing these kind of crazy things in the 70s. The White Sox wear shorts one game, they put a midget to bat, and of course, <laughs> the big disco night where they blew up disco and we find out, you know, that's becomes famous and, and ruined disco and stuff like that. But we find out from this story and it's kind of interesting the way they do it. Cause the Mike Vec character is played by Charlie day. So he kind of, as he's, as he's doing it, Charlie day from oh, yeah. uh, Philadelphia, he's kind of acting it out yeah. and Jeff Daniels is doing the narr uh, narration. So it's, it's a plus there, but when the disco demo happens, he pretty much blows everything uh, on the on the the other side the the business side everything goes downhill from there so he's fired from the white Sox. his dad passes away and you kind of have this guy who builds himself back up through the farm systems and does the same thing so it's really inspirational story i it thought you know it, and i and what read one of the reviews they said you don't have to be a baseball fan to enjoy this one mm. so the saint of second chances uh the morgan neville documentary uh that is mine let's move on now to your next pick joseph what do you got Okay, uh, well, Jim, you sort of unleashed no, no. my pent-up frustration of <laughs> yeah. 2023. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say it right now. There is 180 movies that were released this year in the theaters alone. And he saw all of them, folks. Yes, uh, no, That's the problem, is that I didn't. And that the reason why is because I felt like this was one of the weakest offerings, regardless of the writer's strike or not. I feel like... Uh, the, the, the art of storytelling is just not there anymore. People are going for stuff that, uh, it's just not very good. Uh, they're, they're in their, in their strive, striving to be different, uh, with stories saying we need, you know, we need diversity in stories and all that. I'm all for diversity in stories as long as they're good, but just Banking everything on that it's something that is different doesn't mean that it's good. And there's a lot of stories out there right now that just aren't good. I don't care. I don't care about them. So that's my rant. I'm not going to say any more than that. You can rant all you like. Well, 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 I know ranting. Jim's going to get on me. So I'm just going to go on <laughs> with my next selection. And this is uh, Scorsese's uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. Uh, now I, I have this on my list because I think it's a great story and its execution is well done, but I will agree with anyone when they say that the three hours and 26 minutes running time is a bit too much. It is. It's the same thing that happened with the Irishman, it, which is that I feel like Scorsese is just, he, he, the 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 whole model of telling a story, you know, in one outing is very difficult. The good thing is that uh, I was able to see this at home, and so I was able to take a pause uh, with it, you know, an intermission, if you will. And the yeah, controversy so you, behind you watched, this watched it over a week's viewing. Well, the whole thing like about it is, you know, I, I got a bathroom break. You know, I I did the whole. Uh, this is what. Uh, the controversy was is that uh, apparently uh, Apple, who who they are the studio that, yeah. that has produced this, uh, was suing a lot of European theaters 
that were doing the same thing. They were offering intermission times and stuff like that. And for some reason, they were like, we, you know, that that's against the rules or whatever and things of that nature, which is sort of sad because I think the reason why I enjoyed the movie so much is because I had that break in between it. Leonardo DiCaprio is amazing in it. You know, everything about it. Robert, Robert De Niro uh, plays a different type of character than what we're used to. Uh, you know, he, yeah, he very, uh, very subtle. He's not crazy. Yes. He's here. not outlandish. He's not playing a New York, you know, gangster uh, in this one. And it's, it's beautifully shot. The story is very interesting. It's based on the true story of what happened to the Osage Indian uh, or Native American tribe, I should say, uh, that were displaced from Missouri to Oklahoma. They were put on this territory that, you know, it was, it was terrible farming land, but lo and behold, you know, they discover oil on it yeah. and overnight 1920s. Yeah. 1920s. Yeah. And overnight this tribe that, you know, these people are impoverished overnight, they become the richest like concentration of wealth in the country. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is of course, the oil industry at the time, wild, wild west, you're attracting a lot of these nefarious type individuals there. All of a sudden, the Indian tribe members start dying one by one. And that's when the story takes place yeah. uh, what really happens and all that. So it's beautifully good movie and all that. But what I can say is this, you know, it is made for watching at home and not in the theaters. Uh, because when you watch it, you know, on Apple, uh, you're going to want to take a break. And I say, take that break, enjoy the movie killers of the take flower that, moon. Take that break. Take you know, break. I, I think it's interesting because Kubrick, he had no problem of putting an intermission right in the middle of the movie. And, and he would actually use that placement of the intermission that when you came back from it, it's either there would be, okay, here we are now. Uh, you know, we, we've jumped forward of, uh, in time a mm -hmm. little bit and everything, but, but he used that to his cinematic advantage. It wasn't just like, okay, people need to release. It just makes sense. Chitty, anything. chitty, bang, bang had a intermission. So I mean, it's chitty, like, chitty, bang, bang. Yes. Yeah. 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 So Gandhi. How, yeah. How, how, yeah how we saw Gandhi is... together to Joseph. We went out the intermission. Remember just like, okay, we're out with the theater for a while. Let's yeah. We back. thought it was done, George. Yeah. Like we were <laughs> going to leave. We were that going to leave that, that intermission. Weird. We thought <laughs> it's okay. They, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't really resolve it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I would like to point out again for posterity's sake, talking about 2001, that does have an intermission. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't enough for Matthew Stevens. He had to have <laughs> pee in the cup. He, he had. To, he needed his own intermission. Rest in That's peace, right. Man. The great. Never gonna forget that strange. <laughs> that is that has tainted that movie. Uh, so for George, me, yeah, my my number three. This came out of nowhere. I did not go to the theater to see this. This was on, and I'm like, what am I watching? Okay, and, and so little backstory. Uh, not so much a documentary as much as a docudrama these are real events in 2018 a lady by the name of reality winner which just sounds like a made-up name but it's not uh she was a 26 year old air force linguistic intelligence contractor and she was sentenced to five years of prison uh for leaking classified info okay the movie is called reality so nice how that worked out 
and it's a great performance by Sydney Sweeney um, as the title character, as a uh, reality winner. And uh, just a very a fantastically subtle performance by her. Uh, and while there are a few flashback moments in the movie, it mostly takes home, takes place in her home as she's being uh, interviewed by FBI agents, um, which played by Josh Hamilton and Marshawn Davis. Um, but what is amazing about it is the filmmakers were able to adapt the transcript of the uh, FBI interrogation, which it doesn't sound like this would be suspenseful. It's just an in interrogation or, you know, interview, if you will. And, but it is so suspenseful and tense, but at the same time, it, it feels very mundane and you're like well where are they headed because you don't really i didn't know the history i didn't know the real story and so i'm watching it i'm like well what is going on here and uh so it feels very authentic as it's happening so strangely um this movie resonated it, it still sticks with me i saw it months and months ago um uh, and i still i the way it's executed and everything it it could be a stage play because it's, you only have a few characters and they, they might go outside once or twice to, to feed her dog or, or whatever, but, uh, it's pretty much in this one isolated room or basement, um, or garage apartment or something, you know, just another room. But, uh, anyway, that is my number three reality. Have you okay. guys heard about this? Have you seen yeah, it? I saw I it's like it was HBO thing, right? It was HBO movie. Uh, I don't even know. Like yeah. I said, uh, I just started watching it and then I was like, I got drawn in, you know, what am I right. watching? What is this? Uh, my number four or three or whatever we're doing uh, <laughs> is a movie, kind of polarizing movie when it came out. Uh, people were awaiting the film, wondering uh, if it was going to be released because of the troubles with its uh, lead star. I'm talking about The Flash, which I went in with low expectations because I thought Michael Keaton was just going to pop in in kind of a weird cameo nostalgia thing but no he's in the movie oh, yeah. fighting his batman and and doing his thing and and uh i really enjoyed the uh flash and and there was this couple scenes that actually almost brought me to tears you know in the movie it, it had the uh the little there's a little scene where he's kind of going through the time warp here and he's seeing all the different supermans and when i saw yeah. christopher reeve i was like wow oh, yeah and yeah. then uh also the uh the scene where his, you know, his mother, he has to make that decision there at the end. I won't give away too much, but it had had hard. It started off very whimsical with a, uh, with a blowing up of a building and him catching yeah. babies. And I, I don't think if yeah. I think, he, I think he lost people there. Cause my wife was like, this is kind of dumb. And I'm like, well, I mean, just stick with it. It's got, it's got a, a definite tone to the movie that they had all the yeah. way through. And you had all the superheroes, like when he, Batman and wonder woman show up, there's kind of a, kind of a, you know, wink, wink, whimsy there. But, uh, uh, the movie is action packed. Uh, you know, I did, did like seeing uh, Neil before Zod again, the uh, Michael yes. Shannon version. So, yeah, I yeah. was really surprised. I liked it. I was thoroughly entertained the whole two hours and 24 minutes of The Flash. I did watch it at home, though. I didn't see it in the theater. So, that might have been a difference, but it is definitely on my list. Well, yeah, again, I, this is this is my number two. So, oh, it makes, makes it, it in. Nice. And it, and and same thing, Jim. You know, I think I think I I th I think I saw it before you. Yeah, because you, did. you you recommended it to me. Yeah, yeah, I was just I was surprised as anything. I watched it because uh, of Ezra Miller, 
and all the controversy behind the actor of saying, you know, that this is going to be a disaster. Everyone was writing it off. And I thought, you know, I want to watch it because I, I read an interview with Ben Affleck, uh, who plays Batman. And he's, he was lamenting that he finally understood how to play Batman and he movie. was sort of sad because <laughs> yeah. he's like, uh, you know, they're like, they got their scenes from him and they're like, okay, thanks a lot. And he's like, well, it's funny. Oh, Michael, but- Keaton, Michael Keaton has more st- screen time. You know, oh, yeah. Michael it, Keaton has more. And it's just DC has always been too dark. It takes itself a bit too seriously, you know, with, uh, what its product is, you know, I think that's why Marvel has done been better on the screen than DC is because, you know, you have things like guardians of the galaxy and things of that nature that they have fun. This movie is pure joy, pure fun. It, it pays, it pays off. uh, It pays respect to people that understand the background stories. You feel like you're in a club basically with all the references that they're putting on there. So uh, it's just, it's just a, a fun fun movie i enjoyed it more than my daughter did and i think the reason why is because she didn't get all the references you know yeah. so yeah. there there there's that to it as well but uh yes yeah, my number two so it definitely the makes surprise, it in the surprise batman at the end we won't give away but i thought that was uh, super clever oh, yeah, so yeah. good so so, so good. many uh it, it, i saw this upon your recommendation joseph uh and i kind of went into it because it it scored horribly at the box office and i thought mm-hmm. well yeah dc still doesn't know how to make a movie it's weird because every now and then you'll have a james gunn dc property come out and it's like oh man that's great and then but like you said a lot of times it'll come out and, and they just they can't hit the tone but this uh from that opening scene which is ridiculous how he saves all those babies yeah. uh, <laughs> it's like okay that's what this is gonna be i'll play along very nice. All right, Joseph, well, what is your next selection? Is it the flash? <laughs> it's the flash. It's the flash. So I'm done. Let's take an intermission, um, which it is. Caitlin presents whale songs. <laughs> wow. This, this is my honorable mention. Uh-huh. <laughs> Still better than the Marvels. <laughs> A lot different than the Brendan hey. Fraser version, yeah. Uh, I think that is Brendan Fraser. I shouldn't have that burrito from the taco truck. Like nightmare demons. All right. So we, uh, George, what is your next selection? Your number two. Waited for this. I'd heard about this coming out. Uh, Long awaited sequel to 2004's Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, starring Oscar winner Joaquin Phoenix. It's <laughs> Napo Leon. Uh, <laughs> oh. uh, I actually saw this 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 uh, past weekend, uh, 
and you know it's different from the mainstream historical epics okay a it's a ridley scott movie we we did a show recently about best ridley scott uh films and stuff this is a very hyper unromanticized version of napoleon uh there are moments where you actually see him fearful of uh, while he's in battle and him losing control with things that are happening with josephine and everything but of course it's ridley scott he's great at epic scale movies so it's gorgeously shot and and it does pull you into the experience with all the the brutality and and things there's a scene where a, a cannonball hits a horse you know right dead on in the chest uh and just stuff and and so you feel like you're in the battle but it does show bonaparte's uh rise to power just how he's relentless and the kind of weird relationship with josephine how volatile uh that is and uh but i love the fact that these things are practical effects with the battle scenes uh and probably some of the biggest most dynamic ones ever uh the standout moments for me the story is good the story really focuses on the love story but uh there's the battle of australia's uh in 18 i don't know 1805 1806 or something where the the russian and austrian forces led by alexander first the first and francis the second he napoleon tricks them out onto so spoiler if you don't know about this battle tricks them uh it's snowing and everything is frozen over tricks them onto this lake that's ice that's covered in snow and then he starts shooting the cannonballs at the uh at the lake and of course the infantry just fall in and, and drown. So that was neat. And then of course the, the battle of Waterloo and his defeat and, and all of that. But, uh, just, uh, for the battle stuff alone, uh, and watching this full scale things of these stories that I've, I've read about, uh, that makes my number two Napoleon. Nice. Have you guys seen this? No, I, I did not get a chance to go see it. Uh, I wanted to, uh, but, you know, I'm going to have to wait like everyone else until it comes out on Apple. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I think, I think you'll be okay. I, I will say to the, the listener, cause I, I know your uh, studio theater thing, it, the walls shake when, you know, I got tra transducers. Yeah. yeah tactile yeah. transducers in my seat. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll, you'll be okay. But I will say to our listening audience, if you can, see this movie in a theater uh my wife and i we saw it in the super sound x mega whatever i, I don't even know what they are anymore uh but let, let's say imaxi kind of thing uh and we did that deliberately paid a little extra to do that because we knew these were going to be massive battle scenes and you want you want the room to shake when when these fights are happening so Oh, what? What? Well, well, it's not over yet. Okay. Uh, just well, testing out the equipment, Tom? Okay, or? there we go. Okay. I guess, I right. guess I'm done. Talk I'm being played cool. off. So. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. My number two is is probably one of the best mockumentaries to come along in a long time. And I'm talking about Theater Camp, which I just saw <laughs> recently. 
uh, very funny story about a theater camp uh, uh, mom played by Amy Sedaris who goes into a coma because she goes into a uh, caused by the strobe light from Bye Bye <laughs> yes. Birdie. And they said that's the first strobe light Bye Bye Birdie related accident in that area ever. Uh, nice. But she goes into coma and her son, <laughs> her son, who's a, a kind of a dudish guy, uh, Troy, takes over the camp. So uh, he kind of does. He's kind of the fish out of water taking over the camp. Like when he tries to get their attention, uh, they, they just disregard him. And then the Ben Platt's character, who's the acting teacher, just goes up there and goes, oh, what a beautiful. And all the <laughs> students, you know, finish it. So, Joseph, this is probably really close to you. My daughter's in serious drama now. So um, the funny thing about this is is the tryouts are all the uh, I really kind of fell in love with the movie. With The tryouts were all these kind of classic define gravity songs and like this for the plays they're going to place them in and one kid who's like the he, i want to say the normal kid but he's like not the typical drama kid he's like a sports guy he's a, in fact at the end of the movie you find out he has a gay a gay couple is his father and he comes out as heterosexual at the end and they're like we knew it we're okay we support you uh, they're proud of their 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 heterosexual son the reverse yeah but the troy character uh really reacts when what when that character auditions with post malone's better now and he just starts dancing and all the other people are like get out of the way you're not supposed to you know encourage them during the audition but then that, that from there the the music was really good the way they saved the musical at the end uh the mix up at the end too which was very good too so uh, great elements everybody's in it uh I've, and i've seen all these actors before right the girl was in the bear uh molly gordon ben platt mm-hmm. was you know and been in tons of stuff uh, pitch perfect Noah Galvin, who plays the Troy character, has been in a lot of sitcoms and uh, 22 Jump Street. But it's good to see kind of like these people that have been kind of pushed to the side uh, get a uh, get a really kind of a movie here to kind of sink their teeth into. And it was enjoyable for the the 130. I mean, the uh, hour 30 that I watched it. It was it was great. And Jimmy Tatro is the one who plays Troy. So wanted I, to get I that wanted right. to ask, I, I read that all the dialogue is improvised. It, it seems that way. I think that it's like probably like Curb. They probably gave them, hey, we need to get here. And yeah, the kids are just the kids are the just scene. funny. Yeah. yeah. The kids are yeah. just as funny because they're like serious drama, you know, like, you know, in it, you know, they're that's their dedication. That's what they're doing for the rest of their lives. So, Joseph, I know you saw this. No. Movie. Yeah. This, this is one that I was telling Jim. We were talking a little bit about it. And I said, uh, whenever I watched it, it came out over the summer and I watched it, I'm like, Man, this is this is a little bit too close to home, you know, <laughs> because in the theater world, if you will, uh, it has its own type of reality. And the idea behind it is, is that, you know, kids that are considered to be the outsiders, the oddballs or whatever, yeah. they get together and all of a sudden the kids that, and for better use of expression, the normal kids are the ones that are on the outside. (laughs) And this particular movie does a great job of showing just how that reality works. It's almost bizarro world where it's cool to be weird, you know, Uh, and if you're normal, then okay. They're looking at you strange or whatever. There's one part to it. uh, Just one scene that made me laugh so hard. And it's that they get, they do a dance with the neighboring camp across the lake. And of course it's the, it's the rich kids and they're all like, I hate to 
normal kids, average kids, <laughs> whatever you want to call them, you know, they're into sports or whatever. Non-theater. Non yeah. Non-theater, exactly. And uh, all the boys who happen to be all homosexual or <laughs> non-gender specific, uh, they catch this one kid who's the average kid, the one that turns out to be heterosexual, whatever, <laughs> they catch him playing football uh, yeah, with the scolding. other camp kids. Yeah. And they're just like, what are you doing? Like, you betrayed us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah he, he's he's all embarrassed and all that, all apologetic yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's just it's it's a fun movie. It's yeah, the all, my movie. only complaint is I, you know, because they were doing like three different uh, plays. They had the drone still, which was the original one, and then right. they had like they were doing cats and a couple other one offshoots. I was like, I kind of want to see what the cats production looks like because they concentrate <laughs> on the one, you know, because it, it was you know the way they the way they introduced that with the whole singing thing was fun too. So yeah, so. Definitely uh, a theater camp is on my top five or top four. Nice. So Live drama now. and drama. I think we all have the same number one. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, go ahead and I'll say yes. Oppenheimer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is, and, and this is all I have to say about it because uh, I love it when expectations are met with a movie. This yes. thing was built up. Christopher Nolan. Everyone's like, this thing's gorgeous. Uh, it's well done. Uh, and you go to the theater. And what's so wonderful about it is that you have people like my wife who had no idea of the story whatsoever. You know, she she wasn't really into wasn't, history or whatever. Wasn't even sure who won World War II. I, you know, I yeah, sort of, you know, sort oh, no. of. I, <laughs> not, 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 no, but I mean, you know, like she's not really into history. Uh, she's not, she's not an old white guy in his 50s, you oh. know, uh, like we are. And so the whole thing Lucky about you. it is I felt satisfied seeing this movie. My wife absolutely loved it. You know, we end up watching a documentary, a documentary on this afterwards because mm. she was so excited. I'm like, that says something about a movie. Whenever you want to know more about the story after seeing the movie, because you're satisfied with it. So yeah. that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let you guys take it over. This was one that I took the whole family to see it. Uh, and we on the way home talked about just what, what Nolan does with this thing is very insightful because yeah it talks about the background of what was happening in the race to to build the bomb but it's it's looking at the man um at, at the man of of oppenheimer and it kind of looks at the contradictions and his genius and also all of those working on that team how we, it forces us to look at how achievement can blind well-meaning people uh you know, to the conclusions that, uh, you know, this thing they were working on, it was just this race to do it, not should we do it. And then after the fact, it's like, wow, look at what we've, we've done. And of course, silly mercy Murphy's performance is off the charts here. But the second thing that, um, I liked about it is this and the whole Barbie movie. Um, mm -hmm. it made going to the movie an event again, and I think that many people, uh, at least in our country in the United States, just have a little bit of superhero fatigue, movie fatigue. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was nice to be in a crowded theater with other people uh, and they're not being capes on the screen. And I'm not a Martin Scorsese, you know, superhero hater movie thing. I like those movies. Okay. But we've just had so many over the last few years that here was something that the 
protagonist was a, a nerdy scientist and not even doing heroic things, really. Not not what your typical hero heroic thing would be. Uh, and we actually look at a government dismantle this guy, you know, step by step, you know. But uh, so, yeah, a wonderful number one for me. Uh, 2023 will be the year of Barbie and Oppenheimer, you know. Yeah, and Barbie I think it's, Oppenheimer it depends know. when you see it. I mean, this this is a long uh, the movie's long, too, but it didn't even affect me at all. I thought it was mm -hmm. uh, went by. I thought the pacing was good. I saw it in IMAX, so it was super loud and super effective. Yeah. And yeah, it was really too. kind of a, a good way to see the movie. So, yeah, it definitely catches your attention. Good way to spend the afternoon, even as it's long. So Oppenheimer makes it in. So now it's time for, I guess, well, what Siskel Deber used to call like the dog Do we want to do honorable mention movies? Do we have enough or uh, <laughs> good movies? That, I mean, you know, what's funny is we, we get to put 10 in the canister. Yeah. Are we putting eight in the canister or nine in the canister and one, one, in the canister of warning them not to watch. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't think the uh, warning one ought to be in there. I don't. I don't know. Okay, so we yeah. have then. Then then we have ten to put in. How many do we have? Uh, two right now. Yeah, seven, yeah. eight. Nine. Uh, we have nine sure offerings. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. We only <laughs> have nine, so all these go in. <laughs> so, uh, so, so okay. they all go in. We don't have nice. to. Don't have to worry we, about that. We, uh, we could pick. Uh, I would like to, with the extra space, I would like to put uh, the Green Knight in there. Uh, if I can. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I do want to make mention uh, the Barbie movie that was on my honorable mention. A movie about the Blackberry called Blackberry. Mm -hmm. uh, honorable Good mention. performance. Uh, Tetris, <laughs> Master Gardener. And then, uh, you know, I'll watch anything Michael Fassbender does. The Killer, uh, David Fincher's uh, The Killer, where he's uh, an assassin. Uh, that that was uh, pretty good. But uh, do you all have any honorable mentions? Uh, uh, good Burger 2 is about it that makes it for me. Okay. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, although I didn't like his performance in it, uh, Fassbender's performance in it, I will mention Last Goal Wins. If I had to do an honorable mention, it's a movie from 1984. It stopped making sense. The reissue of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, people were very excited about that. I, yeah, very I, excited. I saw that, Jim. I text you from the theater. Yeah. I was the only one in the theater. It was Monday. Granted, it was a Monday afternoon. Yeah. I, I took a picture of the theater. Nobody was in there. But it was a great movie still. Yeah, I had four people in my IMAX theater too. I saw an IMAX. Yeah. It was, I, saw, I couldn't believe they had an IMAX, but it was really nice. The sound was yeah. excellent. So, but yeah, so I mean, hopefully it'll get better now that the strikes are over. But uh, let's yeah. get to our disappointing movie. Yeah. yeah. So I'm talking okay. about being hyped up and then you go to the theater <laughs> and you see, or you are in your luxurious uh, Howard Hughes ish theater uh, in your house <laughs> or whatever. Uh, Sorry, Joseph. I'm envious. Uh, what what is? Is it Asteroid City? That's just my my question. Is, is it Asteroid okay? City? So so I have to let our <laughs> listeners in on this. I'm very passionate about movies both ways. I'm very passionate when I love something, and I'm very passionate whenever you're, I you're am a passionate guy, Joseph. Disappointed. Uh, yeah. uh, I will say that I will come out of the parking lot. Guys, normally okay. yelling, screaming, and the, I will call Jim audience, and George immediately. Listening audience. When there is a movie that is not good, Joseph Johnson takes it personal. Like you made <laughs> this movie to assault him. 
<laughs> so and now, now part of his brain knows that is not possible that hollywood <laughs> does not know joseph johnson which is funny because joseph rushed him, to go he rushed to go see babylon for our last version of the oh, show thinking he oh would my make gosh, his list, and he thought it was year. the worst movie of all time <laughs> and, and, and from the parking lot and from the parking lot well this my selection is indeed asteroid city uh <laughs> they know this because of my 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 very strong reaction i was so upset with this movie that I literally texted my brother in the middle of the movie. I went to the bathroom and pulled out my phone and started texting him saying how much I hate this movie. Uh, and this is the thing. Is it the worst movie that uh, came out this year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Are there redeemable things about this movie? Absolutely. You know, Wes Anderson is a great storyteller. Uh, and if you watch his series of shorts, that are offered on Netflix, they are very good. Oh, this brilliant. is the yeah. issue, though, with Asteroid City. It The subject matter is, can you tell a story whenever you really don't have a plot? <laughs> that's, that's the plot. The plot is a plotless story, and it becomes very annoying because... All the camera trickery, you know, and the gimmicks and all that, the 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 sort of uh, monotonous uh, uh, delivery of the lines, you know, that that's great and charming in most movies just falls flat on this one. I found it uh, without char charm, annoying. And I did take a personal, a personal, <laughs> like, you know, uh, a, a slight yeah. uh, by Wes Anderson on this, because I, I do not, as George says, I do not see most of the movies in the theaters. This is one that I went to. It's a rarity. Oh. And so I was super disappointed because you went with Jody, right? Yeah. And, 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 after seeing the movie, we walked outside and the uh, taillights on his truck were stolen. So that just, you know, made the movie <laughs> even better, the movie experience even better. So, yes, my my one that I was disappointed in 2023 is Asteroid City. OK, right. so, Joseph, I want to I want to get something on here. You had told me uh, and the, folks, y'all only heard this conversation one time. Jim and I have heard this conversation <laughs> 50 times. So I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm if we watch just bring it up, he gets mad. Now, I did not go. It triggers him. I did, I did not go to the theater to see it. But when it came on for rent, I was like, I've got to see this, this thing that Hollywood made <laughs> against Joseph. Uh, you know what? I liked it. Uh, it's not my favorite Wes Anderson, but the... <laughs> the venom here that he has <laughs> i i was ready again my expectation was I, joseph because we agree on most things uh except for the green knight uh but i thought oh this i'm gonna i'm gonna relish in this hate i'm gonna hate this thing like my friend hates it and i was like i kept waiting to hate i had all my hate ready to, <laughs> to pour on this movie and i i think you oversold it because i was like this isn't great. Uh, I, and I'm a big fan of his movies. This isn't great, but I could not hate it. Uh, in, I could not 
identify with with your hate so yeah uh, it's all expectation right like like i really i wanted to love the movie i i was excited about the movie it's like finally after a drought of just crap films out there this is going to be awesome i love the i love the looney tunes wally coyote coyote you know setting and all that oh so clever it's so great this guy and I was just disappointed. I think that's the best thing. I think, I think time will tell if this was a good movie or not right now. I I would just say it's just another Wes Anderson movie that you don't need that many people in the movie. I mean, it's just like (laughs) so many people. Everybody wants to be in his movies. So it's just just unnecessary, but uh, (laughs) well, here we go, guys. My biggest disappointment of 2023 and you know, I've thought about this and I've, I've been like, do I put this on here or not? But this is true. It is adapted from the David Grand novel about 1920s FBI investigation. Uh, it, it's a book called the Osage. How do you say it? Joseph Osage Osage a tribe. The Os- Yeah. The, the, Osage, the Osage, Osage murders and the birth of the FBI. So my biggest disappointment in 2023 is Killers of the Flower Moon. I get wow. it. I get a hundred percent. The performances by DiCaprio and Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro and DiCaprio are in a movie where they're villains. I love when these guys are villains. I love Wolf of Wall Street where uh, DiCaprio is not a likable character. And Robert De Niro, my first exposure to him even before the Godfather was Travis Bickle, another Scorsese thing. So I, I, whether he's Cape fear or whatever, I like, uh, De Niro as a villain. Uh, and this even has a moment with Brendan Frazier and John Lithgow. And of course, uh, Jesse Plemons, um, it just, uh, and, and, uh, Eric Roth, uh, who wrote the screenplay for, uh, Forrest Gump, Martin Scorsese and him worked on, on this, you know, from the, the novel. And uh, of course he directed it. I just didn't care. Never for a moment. Now the movie is beautiful. Uh, and I just kept waiting for all the greatness to come. And for me, never, never happened. I wasn't able to connect with any of the characters emotionally. Uh, and, you know, the thing that was the most distracting to me, and I'm not trying to convince you guys that, you know, you like what you like and that's fine. Um, but Molly, the, the, the main lead female, uh, her devoted clueness towards Ernest, the DiCaprio character, uh, as he's killing off members of her family, you know, it doesn't, I could not make the leap of, of that character, what I saw in the film, I'm not talking about the book, but what I saw in the film, it lacked any, uh, rational explanation. Uh, and Ernest's uh, outburst professing how much he loves Molly. It, it lacked any hint of any kind of irony while he's killing off her sisters and stuff. Um, and I think too, Scorsese and I, you know, I love Scorsese and I don't mind that it's long casino is long, uh, Irishman. I didn't mind the length, all that. Okay. So I don't have a problem with its length, but I do have a problem with Scorsese. I I think he's tone deaf on part of this where 
he seems to lack the capacity to identify with the other racially. And so I felt like he was pandering to white audiences uh, with this weird genocidal manifest destiny uh, denial of, of what U.S. history, you know, happened there. So I just left uh, disappointed and unmoved in any direction. I I just didn't have any feeling for the movie. You know, yes, the events, tragic, awful, how dare people do that to other humans. Uh, but it never, never left the story. I, I never got into the story. It always felt like it was a story. My favorite part, and I talked about this with my sister-in-law over uh, the holiday. My favorite part was the end scene. I thought that was a clever way to wrap up the history Oh, yeah, uh, they do yeah. a little gag um, where and spoiler, it, they do like a little radio show and that actually does something to shorten the movie because you don't have to see all this stuff and it's not your yeah. and normally it would be just a voiceover and and then this happened to this person and this happened, you know, uh, so I, I felt like that was a refreshing take, but that was the only thing that I was like, oh, wow, you know, really kind of got my attention and then spoiler at the very end, we actually see this tribe of people from an aerial view doing yep. one of their ritual dances. That touched me more than anything in in this the play, uh, the, in the the movie, the screenplay. So that is my. I don't disagree with your comment. I mean, I have it on my list, and and again, just sort of goes to show you what kind of year we had. In yep. movies, because I think on any other year, it probably would not have made it in. But I, I okay. can understand why people like it, but mm -hmm. I just I tried yeah. to like it. Uh, I tried to like this as much as I tried to hate Asteroid City. <laughs> and uh, I, I failed on both. <laughs> Jim. Yes. What's uh, your disappointment? <laughs> uh, yeah. So my disappointment, you know, I'm a big co comedy fan and the. Uh, and, you know, like Will Ferrell, like Jamie Foxx. And we try to oh. sit down and watch this as a family. Uh, and I don't know if it's just because of my upbringing with The Incredible Journey and other movies with dogs and cats, Milo and Otis. Strays, oh, yeah. to me, was just unwatchable. Uh. Um, it was, you know, and then my you know, my daughter, daughter's a huge dog fan. And we're like, why are they talking like that? Just It was like saying the F word just to say the F word. Yeah. It's like, why are those dogs being so mean? It's like, you know, just, <laughs> it just... It just didn't make any sense. I mean, it was like uh, there was mainly toilet humor, and I'm usually a big fan of that stuff too. But but it just nothing really worked for this. We actually turned it off after 30 minutes. It just was not good. <laughs> so maybe one uh, some other day I'll finish the movie. But as like I said, as a fan of comedy and those everybody involved is you know they have even the uh, the supporting voices here are are you know people that have been in great comedies. It just seemed like. This was a bad idea. And they marketed the movie like, hey, number rated R. This is a hard R. This is a dog movie that's rated R. But I don't want to see the incredible journey rated R. You know, it just yeah. didn't seem like it it went anywhere. I, you know, it's an easy plot. Basically, the owner gets rid of the dog and the dog tries to find back its owner or get back at, uh, you know, Will Forte, the owner. But like I said, just not for me. I don't know if I'm getting older or what, but this was not. No, it, it it's pure crap. It's pure crap. I stay <laughs> away from this one just because I got offended and emotional during the trailer. Whenever I saw the trailer, I uh -huh. had 
a visceral reaction to it. Because again, <laughs> I'm taking it personally. I'm like, someone bought this script for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. They paid these actors wait, wait, millions wait. As of a, dollars. Wait, wait. As a screenwriter who have yeah. you guys, the two of y'all have written many scripts. Did yeah. it offend the screenwriter that yeah, it's, it's they yeah. lost yeah. this? Yeah. Uh, okay. Jim we, and I talk about this like, all the time. We got better stuff than this. You know? yeah, 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 like you watching, you're like, wait a minute. We understand the intricacies of trying to get something made and the difficulties. And for this to be green-lighted, it's just offensive. It tells me that, again, we know for sure, Jim and I know, that people in Hollywood do not read. Literally, they yeah. do not read. <laughs> they go off of like little synopsis pitches that last two minutes, and they will spend millions of dollars so what on was an the, idea. What was the pitch on this one, Joseph? What What do you think the pitch was? Dogs cursing? Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx, we're going to make them like voiceover. Look who's talking, except we're going to make it rated R. Sounds great, guys. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, Let's throw all it. this money. Here, I mean, here's millions of dollars. And they got yeah, him, they probably got them attached first, even without the script. They oh, absolutely. Said, yeah, yeah. So, I mean... He, it, it just, like I said, it was a it was a big disappointment. Guys, come in for seventeen watch. days, do a couple of voiceovers. We'll pay you three, four million dollars. We'll pay you know, and they're like, great payday, awesome, yeah. you know. Oh, now this was last year, but I wanted to. I did enjoy Will Ferrell in Spirited, which was a Apple a holiday movie, which I saw recently. Yeah, no, that was the song, good. The songs were good and stuff like that. That that was kind of like you know, last year barely make it in by Christmas. Yeah, but yeah. He Ryan does Reynolds good stuff. He has in, his, he hasn't lost it, but I just think. You know, these some of these movies. Uh, well, like, let's, I, let's I talk. Let's talk about him and Barbie. Because okay, yeah, let's oh, talk yeah, he about was, that. He was the worst part of Barbie. Useless. Why was he in there? And yeah, really, yeah. I mean, where? You know, my whole thing is, I did not like Barbie, but I'm not holding that against it. Barbie wasn't made for me, and I recognize that. I recognize all the issues I have with Barbie. It's because that movie's not for me, and I have to take I have to take ownership in that, of like. Hey, how can you get offended because it's not speaking to you? Well, because it wasn't written for me. Uh, two. Uh-oh. Oh, this, boy. Is this I'm sorry, real? guys. Uh, yeah, this is this is something that uh, comes up. And this is something that, that, that I was very surprised at. It actually has to do... Uh, Barry, Barry Mitchum... Uh, said that uh, he writes in and he has a problem with episode 197. That was just last week. Jeez, oh, That was just last week. You know, it's crazy. I think uh, these, these people are writing letters and as if you the can, show is happening. I, I think they are. I think they are. Uh, and it's it's the episode where we cover best guitar solos yes. and, and best fictional restaurants, right? Barry yeah. has yeah. an issue. With the restaurants, oh, really? The guitar solo, I yeah, not the guitar solos. We were, you know, if you if you haven't listened to that episode yet, please listen to it, ladies and gentlemen, because we we talk about it. Some and rock gods don't make it. Uh, yeah, that, some rock yeah. gods don't make it. We thought for sure people were going to be writing in because of our selections, but no, Barry writes in because he has an issue with our omittance of what he considers to be the best fictional diner. And what he talks about here is he says, uh, I can't believe you guys that you guys don't talk about the Feller's Diner. 
in the movie Diner. Diner. Uh, the oh, movie wow. is called Diner. That's where they hang out, guys. Yeah. Why didn't you even mention this one? You know what, Barry? Uh, you're right. I, we I we forgot he, about it. I think he yeah. has this on that one. Yeah. Uh, so so we're sorry. We suck. Uh, yeah, sorry about that's, that. That's I, I didn't yeah. agree to that title, but I think you might be right. Maybe we do suck <laughs> on this one. Um, so yeah, the movie's making in George. I don't know if you want to rate wrap them up. Yeah, again. let's try again. If Tom won't interrupt me, uh, theater camp, uh, two matches for the flash killers of the flower moon. Now, is that going to make it? Because that was my, yeah, I guess it is. Cause Joseph nominated for best of, yeah. You know, it wouldn't uh, bother me this. either way. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to put, I'm going to put an asterisk by it. That, okay. <laughs> there you go. Well, watch at your own risk. Uh, <laughs> the saint of second chances, the documentary polite society. I have not seen this, but I'm intrigued. Joseph three matches. No surprise here. We knew this was going to happen when we had our bomb episode, a few episodes back Oppenheimer, then reality. And then finally, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. The things that we will never talk about again, Asteroid City, <laughs> Strays, and I refuse to talk about Killers of the Flower Moon after this episode. So. Wow. Well, that wraps it up for the uh, best of 2023. So A couple far. asterisks in there. Yeah, yeah. so far. Uh, so there you go, CrispyCoderobots.com, where you need to go for all our information. All the shows we've done are all there, along with our um, album review shows and some of our shows we've done for radio. So enjoy that, along with uh, still products to buy for oh, yeah. a perfect gift for someone. So yeah. make sure you check it out. All, all right. right. So. Remember, there's always tomorrow. Or is there? Or is there? Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs>